Man, I'm so glad you guys are here. Thanks for coming out. Uh, my name is Sean, in case you guys didn't know who I am. Uh, and in case you didn't know, tonight, today, the whole day actually, has been Pastor Tim's birthday. You guys know that? Yeah, 55 years old. Um, so I thought it would be kind of fun. Um, he's spending the night tonight with his family. But I thought it would be, t- be fun to wish him a happy birthday on his actual birthday. And I said, hey, I can do it myself or I can involve all of you happy people. So does that, does that sound cool for you guys? All right, we're going to try a one-take wonder on, on a video, and then I'm going to text it to Pastor Tim, and then I'm going to give my phone to somebody because I know there's about 10 of you people in here that have my number that will be texting me while I'm speaking tonight. So I'm going to get rid of my phone as soon as I do this. Um, but can you do this? Why don't you guys stand to your feet, and then what I'm going to do is I am going to do like this number, and then, and then I'm going to turn around, and then I'm going to go like that. And when I go like that, I want you guys to say something like, oh, actually, let's all say the same thing. This will be good. It'll be better. Um, happy birthday, Pastor Tim. Can you guys, is everybody cool? Do we need to practice or are you guys good? It's Wednesday. You guys are in midweek. You've already been at work all week, so we're, we're good, right? So you guys, everybody's good, right? In the back of the room, you guys? You're good? Okay. Then make sure everybody's good. All right, so here we're going to give this a shot and see what happens. Um, I do one take wonders, so we're going to do it one time. Unless I mess up, then I'll redo it. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Ready? It's on, it's on photo. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> One moment. <laughs> Take two. Uh, what am I going to do? Hey, Pastor Tim, I'm getting ready to start my message tonight, and I'm hanging out with a, m- a bunch of crazy, awesome Meadowbrook people that want to wish you a happy birthday. Take three. We'll go with the third one. <laughs> My wife thought it was funny. This is going to be, we're going to have fun tonight. It's going to be cool. Hey, okay. Ready? All right, seriously, don't make me laugh. Hey, Pastor Tim, I'm getting ready to start my message tonight, but before I get started, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday with a bunch of awesome Meadowbrook people. So here we go. We love you, Pastor Tim. Thanks for being our pastor. All right, so you guys, you guys did great. Me, I, I'm going to practice a whole lot more. Hey, why don't you guys grab a seat? I'm going to text this over to Pastor Tim, and then we'll do an outtake reel. Let's see, text. It was only 18 seconds, not bad. Pretty good. All right, here we go. <clears throat> I'm sending it. And then if he texts back and says, I'm fired, then, then I won't do it ever again. Here you go. You ready? Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, well, um, I'm really excited to be hanging out with you guys. Uh, we're going to have a talk tonight, and the, the, the title of this talk is going to be um, Breathing Room. And I believe this idea is really going to help us. It's going to challenge us. It's really going to make us better, and we're going to leave with something different on the inside of us. Are you guys ready? Um, I believe life is, life is better when you have room to breathe. When you have room to breathe. How many Disney fans out there do we have? I, I'm a fan of Disney. When my kids were a few years younger, my wife and I, we used to take our kids as much as we could to Disney. Um, we tried to get season passes and just spend some time there. They love seeing the characters, right? And then the, the rides that they've got going on there. But one of my favorite things and our family's favorite thing was to do was to watch the fireworks at the end of the night. I just love fireworks. And when you go to Disney, you get fireworks every night. You don't have to wait just to the 4th of July, but you can get it. Fireworks every night. Well, one, one year I decided, you know what, I'm going to be the dad of the year. 
So what I'm going to do, if Disney does good fireworks like all through the week, all through the year, man, fireworks at Disney on the 4th of July, man, they're going to be off the hook. I mean, we have to go. It's going to be fantastic. How many of you guys have ever been to Disney on the 4th of July? Yeah, well, I've never been back. Um, here, here's what happened. I, I went there, and there was about a million other people who had the, the same idea that I had. And when it was about 12 o'clock in the afternoon, they started hearing buzz around Disney that the park was at capacity. And when you hear at Disney that the park is at capacity, then you need to beeline it to your car and just, and just go. The crowds are just in, in pretty intense. So later, you know, and we didn't leave. We, we, we didn't know any better. So, so we stayed, and it was around 9 o'clock, and we start to find our way back to the main street right in front of the castle and find a spot. And we found a pretty decent spot. We were happy with that. Everything was good until the other million people decided to show up. And then we started cramming all together and getting shoved in corners. People were poking me. They were breathing on me. It was very disgusting, and they were smelly. Because all day they were at the park, it's 4th of July, it's the middle of the summer, and it was just not a good experience. At that moment of my life, the only thing really I wanted, besides an ice cream, Mickey Mouse ice cream, was I just wanted some breathing room. Just give me some breathing room, like give me some space. Like this needs to be happening around me, and it was not happening around me. There was no breathing room. Um, Here's another idea. About 17 years ago, I got my very first car. Um, it was amazing. It was a 1987 Cavalier station wagon. It was, it was, it was fly. It was white and it had purple tinted windows. All right. And I was just, listen, I was just happy to have a car when, when you're, you know, 17, 18 years old, it's like, I don't care. Just give me a car. I detailed that thing. It was spotless. Um, it was just, it was awesome. So I, I love that car. But one, one day about when I had about six, six, seven months, um, I was on 484. You guys know the road 484 right over there. Um, back in the day, it was only two lanes. So you only had, you know, going one, one lane going each way. Now it's four lane and different things. But at that time, it was only two lane. And as I was going home one day, there was a car in front of me that was not doing the speed limit that I would recommend that they would have done. Uh, they were going a little bit slower than I would want to have gone. And so I'm sure they were going under the speed limit because my parents are here and I would have never been speeding um, to, to, in this scenario. But I'm, I'm sure they were going under the speed limit. And so I thought as a good driver, I owe it to myself to go around them um, just, just because of time management and different things. So um, I, I checked. Everything was clear. I had the yellow dotted line, so I'm good, the broken line there. And I put my blinker on and I go. But to go anywhere with my 1987 Cavalier station wagon, you, you, you had to, like, punch it a little bit. Like, you had, to, you had to give it some juice. You had to pedal to the metal um, kind of a deal. And so I, I, I did that, and I, and I went around. I started going around. And just that moment that you're next to the other car and you're, and you're driving, you're kind of going around, what does everybody do when you're passing somebody? You look at the person that you're passing. And so I look at the person that, I, that I'm, I'm passing, and all of a sudden, it's like out of nowhere, I heard this loud thud, like an explosion out of my engine. And right there, my engine blows up. It's like gone. It's done. It's, it's, it's no longer alive. It's smoking, and it, it's not good. And so I humbly, my, I'm looking at the person next to me, my engine blows up, and I humbly... Just because I, I have to, I get back over behind them and pull over to the side of the road. And why did that happen? Because I pushed my 1987 Cavalier station wagon to its limit. 
It was not meant to do what I was trying to make it do. It was pushed to its limit. And so this whole idea of breathing room and this concept of breathing room is really going to speak to our hearts. I know it's been speaking to my heart, and I hope it speaks to your heart tonight as we dig into this a little bit and what this can look like for ourselves. But this working definition of breathing room that we're going to check out tonight goes something like this. Breathing room is the space between our current pace and our limits. So breathing room is the space between our current pace and our limits. We all have a current pace. We're all kind of moving. We're all kind of going and going. And we have this this gap then between our current pace and our limits. It's our breathing room. It's what this looks like. And a lot of us, maybe we guard that breathing room. A lot of us, maybe we're bumping up and coming back on that limit of our life and how that's all kind of looking. But maybe some of us tonight, we're kind of tapping that limit and then we're tapping it again and then we're tapping it and then we ended up, it ends up becoming our new current pace of life. And then we're going over the limit and over the limit and we're having a hard time with breathing room. And so we're going to be checking this out today. We all have limits. We all have limits. I have limits. You have limits. Well, pastor, I'm a very high capacity person. Well, you still have limits. And uh, if you don't, then maybe we can chat afterwards. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're just very special. But we all have limits, and there's things that can push that gap closed between our current pace and our limits. And I just want to share a couple of these. Maybe they connect with you. Maybe they don't. Maybe there's limits that maybe things that are causing you to kind of close that gap on yourself that maybe you know of. But here they are. Here's a few things that can push us to that limit. Things like we don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss out on stuff. So we're going to do, and we're going to do, and then we're going to do, and then we're going to do some more so we don't miss out on anything. And then sometimes even when our kids are involved, it's like we don't want our kids to miss out on anything. So we do and do and do. Another thought is this. We don't want to let anyone down. We don't want to let anyone down. So we're going to keep going and keep going. We don't want to feel left out. We don't want to feel left out. We all want acceptance. We all want acceptance. And so sometimes that can kind of close that gap. We compare ourselves to others. Well, they're doing it, so I must need to do it. And so we do that. Sometimes we overwork ourselves pursuing progress. Hey, listen, progress is is good. We need to progress. But when it it crosses over the line of progress and we overwork ourselves and we become a workaholic, then there's, there's no gap there. There's no breathing room there. Sometimes even circumstances outside of our control can kind of close that gap. And listen to this. Sometimes we find more value in what we do than really who we are. And that closes that gap of breathing room. I like what Andy Stanley says. He says this. Our fear of not mattering much has the potential to draw us away from what matters most. Our fear of not mattering much has the potential to draw us away from what matters most. So I think that's a really good idea that we kind of have to look at this evening as we kind of are digging through this. Because there's things in life, and you know as much as I do, that there are things that are screaming for our attention, aren't there? There's, everything is screaming for our attention. Things, we're getting pulled here and we're getting pulled there and, you know, look at this and get on your phone here. And, you know, and and if, and if we're, we're getting caught in this idea of, of, of the fear of not mattering much has the potential to draw us away from what matters most, what really does matter most in our lives? 
And if we're just going to listen to the voice and, uh, of busy and be addicted to busy, then we're going to miss out on moments and opportunities of what really matters most. Because there's always going to be stuff that matters, but what really matters most. And so it's going to be a good thing for us to kind of look at. I believe that God is really, really, really concerned about our spiritual progress. He, he's very concerned about that. You know, we see scriptures in God's word to draw near to God and, and what? He will draw near to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else is going to work out for you. We know that God is concerned about our spiritual progress. But you know what I love about God? He's concerned about our spiritual progress, yes. But you know what? He's also very concerned about our physical, our mental, and our emotional well-being. Did you know that? That God is really concerned about your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. God has instructed us through his word to rest. To rest. To have breathing room. Just saying it sounds good, doesn't it? Breathing room. He's instructed us to have rest. We have this idea through the scriptures of Sabbath. You guys heard of that before? Sabbath, the idea of rest. Um, I love that God set the example for us in rest. In Genesis chapter 2, even the beginning of Genesis, right in the beginning of the Bible, we see that God has just created the universe. He just created mankind. He separated the night from the day, the land from the sea. He spun planets into existence. That is pretty stinking cool. And that happened all through the six days. On the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. God rested. And he set the pattern for us to rest. He set the pattern for us. He even gave Moses these commandments, these 10 commandments, right? And we know the ones, hey, have no other gods before me. Um, honor your mother and father. Um, uh, not, not to kill. But did you know in number four of the, out of the 10 commandments, it says, remember the Sabbath day? Remember the idea of rest. Remember the idea of rest. Check out what it says in Exodus. Pretty cool scripture. 23 verse 12, it says, six days do your work, but on the seventh day, do not work so that your ox and your donkey may rest. If it's good enough for the ox and the donkey, it's good enough for us. And so that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. So we see this. We see this through the scripture, this idea of Sabbath. We even see here in Mark chapter 2 in the New Testament that it says that the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was designed for us. I don't believe God needed to rest. I believe God needed to set the example to let us know that we need to rest. Listen, God is concerned about our spiritual well-being. He's also concerned, church, about our physical, our mental, and our emotional well-being. And I really believe that. It's really important for us. Listen, if we have no rest, we're going to have a negative outcome. We're going to have a negative outcome. And, and, hear, and hear me. There's different seasons of our lives that we're pushing, right? There's different seasons of our lives that, hey, we've got a lot going on. There's different seasons that, hey, there's, a, there's this going on and that going on. And I know that. I know, we, I know we're busy. But, but I believe that we've got to work this idea of rest in. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But with no rest, we're going to get a negative outcome. With no rest, we're going to be problem-focused right? Problem focused. We're going to be exhausted. We're going to become negative. We're going to be physically exhausted, emotionally worn down. Our words, our tone, our attitude, they begin to change, don't they? When we're exhausted, when we have no rest mentally, emotionally, and physically, 
man, our words change. Things about us change. Our attitude changes. We begin to treat others badly. We get defensive. Even a feather can set us off, right? We get angry sometimes. And how about the idea of this? When, when, we're, when we're not rested emotionally, mentally, and physically, I believe that we can even have bad judgment calls. We can make wrong choices and do wrong things. We could do things that we would never have done if we had that margin of breathing room. We, we would maybe do things that, that we would make bad judgment calls on because we're at the limit and we're exhausted. So do whatever, but we're at that limit. And we could cross over that limit and make those bad judgment calls. So it's really important for us to realize with no rest, there's going to be a negative outcome. We need breathing room. We need space between our current pace and we need space between our limits. So it's really important for us. Check out what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 11 and 12 in the message paraphrase. It says, don't burn out. I like this. Keep yourselves. So what do we see? There's action involved here. So there's something on my part that I got to do. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Listen, things are going to be tough. Things are, we're going to maybe get close to that, that part of limit. Things are going to be hard. But it says, hey, don't quit. Hey, don't give up. Church, don't give up. When things are hard, don't give up. Pray all the harder. But what, what happens sometimes? We, things begin to get hard. Things begin to get tough. And what do we do? We turn to maybe uh, inward. Like, hey, I can do it myself. I'm a problem solver, so I'll figure it out on my own. Hey, I, I, can, I can do this. All I need to do is do this. Or all I need to do is work harder. All I need to do is, you know, make more money. Or all I need to do is that. Or I just need to, 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 to use my time here or whatever. No, all you need to do is pray all the harder. We need to get before God and, and get in this point of resting. Make these moments with God to connect with him. Keep the fire going in your life. I like that, though. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. And hey, I might be preaching to the choir tonight because you guys are at church on Wednesday night. Hey, you guys are here, man. You guys are realizing, hey, it's midweek, and I need to keep myself fresh. I need to keep myself refueled. But maybe God is also speaking to your heart about other areas of your life. And maybe this would even be good for people that you know that maybe aren't here tonight. And we have to realize this. Um... That we need God's help. We need God's help. You know, going back to my 1987 Cavalier station wagon, when my engine blew up, it was a devastating day for me because that was my car, you know. And so now I'm bumming rides for my brother and my parents, you know. And, uh, and so my, my, my car was done, and I, I had been working. And so uh, I saved up money. I put another engine in it. I did. That was a bad decision, though, because I blew that one up, too. But the, 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 the point I was going to make was this. When I pulled over... And I got back behind that car and I went over to the side of the road. What did I do? I broke out my very large cell phone and called for help. <laughs> this was a long time ago. So I got my cell phone out and I called for Did I have a cell phone? Was it a bag? I think it was a bag phone. It must have been. Or I went to a pay phone. The quarter thing. You put the quarter in the machine and you pick up the phone. Oh, it's. Anyway. I had a call for help. I had to get help. And I, my, my, my dad came. We got a tow truck and we, we got help. We had to get help. And I believe that there's some times in our lives that we need to call on God for help. We need to call on God for help. In Psalms chapter 121, verse 2, it says, My help comes from who? The Lord. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's check out what it says 
in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Who do we go to? We go to Jesus. And I will give you what? I will give you rest. So what is our method when we need rest, when we're going up against that limit, when we're on the, on the uh, borderline of maybe making bad judgment calls or our attitude starts changing or our words start becoming negative and we become problem-focused? What do we do? It says, come to me, all who are weary and who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. That's what he says. Rest for our souls. And it says, verse 29, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. And I like this idea where where it says, take my yoke upon you. What what is this idea of a yoke where you would get two oxen and they would be used to a plow of field? The idea here is this, that we don't need to do life alone. We need to connect with God and let God come into our circumstances, God to come into our everyday ordinary life as we're going to see here at the end of the service and be able to come into that and do life together with God. Call upon the name of the Lord, invite him into our everyday life and allow him to help us through those situations. And I also believe this is that I believe that even through this room, even through this ministry, that God wants us to help encourage each other. God wants us to help each other. And one of the ways that we do that is through our small groups, that we can be around each other. When you're around somebody and and maybe your attitude is slipping, maybe you are becoming focused on on negative things, maybe you are crossing a line and making bad judgment calls, that you can be around some people that say, hey, what you doing? Why, Why are you slipping here? Why is this changing? Why is that changing for that kind of accountability? Guys, Ladies, we need each other. We need God to come alongside of us, and we need each other to to help us to what this would look like. Let's check out what it says in Psalms. Really cool passage of Scripture. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Check out what it says in the message. Paraphrase. I like this. Step out of the traffic. Hey, get out of the traffic. We need some people in our life sometimes that says, hey, get out of the traffic. Hey, get out of that place. You don't need to be there. It's dangerous there. There's things in our life that's dangerous to be. And when we're not checking things, when we're just, when we don't have that breathing room in our life and we're spending that time with God, getting alone with God, him speaking to our hearts, having that discipline of solitude, then, then we're missing on what that looks like. But scripture here says, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. Above politics, above everything. Where do we need to go? We need to go to God. I like what Pascal said here. He says, most of man's troubles come from his inability to be still. Our inability to be still. We have a hard time being still sometimes, don't we? We're moving, moving, going, huh? What? Hey, huh? You know, we got everything's happening. At the end of the service tonight, we're going to spend a minute, 60 seconds, just being still and being quiet. It's going to seem like an eternity. <laughs> Many of you haven't spent a minute. Well, I don't have time for it. You have a minute. You, you can find a minute, 60 seconds, to get still and to get quiet and allow God to speak to our hearts. I like this idea, this word, be still, really comes from a Hebrew word, which means rafa. And you can get these words from that. You can get let drop. You can get to forsake, to abandon, to relax, to let alone, and to be quiet. But I like this first phrase here, let drop. I like that. Be still, let drop. 
I think there's some things in our lives that we need to let drop and let God be in control of. I think there's a lot of too much stuff that, that you and I are carrying that we need to let drop. Let me give you a, a list that I just kind of put together. You may connect with some things that are on here. You may have other things that are in your heart. But here's some examples of things that we need to let drop. Worry. Fear. Saying yes to everything. We need to let some of that drop. We need to, we need to work on another word that says no. We need, to, we need not to say yes to everything. We can't do everything. You've got you to gotta go back to that quote with, with Annie Stanley. Our fear of mattering much has the potential to draw us away from what matters most. What matters most. We've got to say yes to what matters most. Other things we can let drop, overworking ourselves, comparison, pleasing people, approval of others. And how about this one? Cares. Cares. There's some things that in our lives that we need to, we need to let go and we need to let drop on some of those things. We need to get still before God and let some of those things go. We really do. This really great passage right here in 1 Peter 5, 7. The Amplified Bible says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. And if that doesn't break it down, I'm not sure what does. Casting all of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns on God. It looks really good on, on, on the screen, doesn't it? There it is. It looks really good on the screen. Like, yeah, that's good, Pastor. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to write that down. Okay. But the practical side of actually taking it from the screen and applying it to your life, let's be honest, could be kind of hard sometimes. I mean, I mean casting all of my cares? I mean, I mean, that I can give those to God and that I can actually trust him, that he's going to take care of other things going on in my life? Wow, really? All my concerns, all of my worries on God for he cares for me. Do you believe that he cares for you? Well, if you believe that he cares for you, then why, why do we have a hard time doing this? I, I think it's because we have a hard time maybe letting go. If we want control, right? We want to, we feel like if I, if I give this care over to God, if I give this anxiety over to God, if I give that thing to God, then who's going to do it? God. God's going to do it. He's going to help you. We do what we can. But there comes a point that if, if we're slammed up against this wall, if we're dealing with this stuff, that we've got to develop this breathing room. We've got to get to the point where we can practice these things. And church, let me tell you, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a process. It's taking steps. It's, hey, getting a, a chunk of time here and saying, God, listen, there's this one thing. I'm going to give this to you. And starting there, and then building from there, and building from there, and building from there. And you're going to have to keep reminding yourself. You're going to have to get a scripture like this and put it in your heart. Write it on the mirror in your, in your bedroom, in your bathroom. Put it in your car. Put it in your office. Do, put it somewhere so you can remind yourself, hey, my cares, my anxieties, my worries, who, who wants to carry those? I can't carry those. God can because he's all powerful. He can carry those. If I don't help me, if I don't help me, I can't help others. If I'm physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually exhausted, I'm not helping me, I'm not going to be able to help others. Even Jesus in Luke chapter 5, after he was 
ministering to people and healing people and, and sharing biblical truths with people, he withdrew to get quiet and to pray before God. Jesus did that. And I think those are some things that we need to apply in our lives. I like the idea of being on an air, airplane. You guys ever been flown on an airplane? All right, yeah, cool. We're American. All right, okay. All right. Um, you flew on an airplane, they do that pre-check beforehand, right? Okay, here's your seatbelt. This is how it works. And, you know, usually people aren't paying attention and, and you know, and they're kind of doing all this stuff. I like the new airlines that are kind of making it fun, interactive, right? It's really cool. Um, but one of the things that they do in that whole speech, that whole uh, deal there is they talk about the oxygen mask, right? And they talk about that if you... If, if for some reason that the oxygen mask have to uh, come down, which thank God that never had to happen for me in an airplane before, but if it ever does come down, their first thing for you to do is to do what? Put the mask on yourself first and then help people around you. And I, sometimes they say, help the child first that you like the most. And, and <laughs> but what do you do? The, the, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then you help somebody else. Listen, if we're not helping ourselves, if we're not developing that breathing space for ourselves, then we're not going to be helpful for the ones that are around us. Let's check out what it says in Psalms chapter 18. It says, I love you fervently and devotedly, O Lord, my strength. He is what we need. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my keen and firm strength, in whom I will trust and take refuge. Isn't that powerful? That's, that's what he's doing for us. It says, he's my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. It says, I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And I think this is what we need to get to. We need to get to the I call upon the Lord part of our day and call upon the Lord part of our life. I think we need to invite God into our Life And can we just be honest today? Sometimes our, our life is chaos. I thought that's how that would go over. Like, yeah, I know, pastor, it is chaos sometimes. Our life can be chaotic. And we need to invite God into our, into our chaos and just be real. God, my life, this is it right now. And I'm inviting you into my life. I'm calling upon you, God. I need your help. And not, not be embarrassed that we're in chaos. Have you guys ever been to someone's house before and you go to open a closet and as you're going to open the closet, like, no, don't open that closet. You're like, what, what, what's, what's, what's in there? Oh, it's just our junk closet, you know, and things are about ready to explode out of there or uh, maybe a, a drawer in your kitchen. You call it the junk drawer, right? It's piled with stuff. You don't want someone to see that. We, you know, we treat God like that sometimes. We feel like we have to have our life in order to invite God into our life to help us with life. <laughs> No, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now. It doesn't matter where things are in your life right now. Don't be embarrassed to, to show God the, the chaos that's in your life, the mess that maybe is in your life right now. Don't be embarrassed to show God that. Invite him into that and say, God, this is where I need your help. You know, we're never going to reach perfection. We need God's help. We need God's strength in our lives. We don't have to have things perfect in our life for God to help us. He will help you right where you are even in the middle of your chaos. Isn't that good to know? That that's the kind of God that we have. A God that cares about our spiritual lives, but cares even uh, just, just as much about our physical, our mental, and our emotional well-being. That's the kind of God that we serve. Check out Romans chapter 12, verse 1 in the message paraphrase. It says, here's what I want you to do. 
God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as a what? It's an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. What is our goal? What is our takeaway? To offer to God our lives. God, I'm inviting you into my life. God, would you show me what I need to do? Here's a few steps for us as as we get ready to close tonight. Maybe some things that you can even work on this week. First one is this. Ask yourself this question. What do I need to drop? What do I need to let go of? What are you doing? Maybe it's that you're overworking yourself and when you get home, you're physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted to maybe spend time with your wife or your kids or your husband or whatever that would look like. What does that look like for you? What do you need to drop? Maybe it's that you're carrying fear of what other people think about you. Maybe it's that you're carrying worry. Maybe you're carrying insecurity. What does that look like for you? What do you need to drop? Find out what you need to drop. Second thing here is to invite God into your everyday life. Invite God into the, even the chaos of your life. Ask him, God, our source of strength, our all-knowing, powerful God for help. Third thing is this. Plan moments of rest and stillness. Put your own oxygen mask on. Plan some moments that you can just get quiet before God. And you may say, well, I don't, I, I don't have any moments. It, my, my life is, I'm at that limit. And a lot of times, to be honest with you, Pastor Sean, I'm living over the limit. I get it. You're not a bad person. You're living life. And maybe you're trying to survive. Maybe you're just kind of going through and you're trying to survive. And I, I get it. And I know things maybe could be tough. But I want you to work on starting where you can. Well, I really want to spend an hour a day, but I just don't find the time to make that happen. Well, I encourage you, start with a minute a day to just get quiet, to get still, invite God into your life and ask him to speak to your heart. Maybe it's a minute, maybe it's two, maybe it's five, maybe it is 15. Whatever it looks like for you, find places to, uh, to get breathing room back into your life. Breathing room is the space between our current pace and our limits. Church, I want you to get breathing room. I want you to be able to breathe so God can use you and you can hear God's voice and you can allow him to use you to speak to you and to people around you. Amen. Did you guys receive anything from this tonight? Hope it was an encouragement to you.